The Soccer Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up today using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog to enter our bonus contest. Five winners will receive shirts, hats and a $50 SGPN gift card. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. to take United's first corner of the evening. Which is short to go on Asher. Then in from Bruno. Then Anthony! What an opportunity that is. What a brilliant corner. Just leaning back a little bit. Dano on the overlap. First time cross. McTominay! Beaten away by Turner. Was more comfortable for the American goalkeeper. Well, that's another brilliant opportunity wasted. The whole goal to aim and he hits it straight at the goalkeeper. Well, that was loose. Amanda back. Awani's onto it. Anana was required. Mistake from Amrabat, wasn't it? And Awani reads it really, really well there. And that first touch just takes him away from goal. Here's Dallo. Away from Toffolo. And there's the header from Scott McTominay, who's denied. That's a really good save. Really good run again from McTominay. Turner has to be really alert and alive there to flick that round the post. Yates. Langer's on the move. He's found him. And it's still a Langer. A Straight at Anana and then tidied up by Dallow. Yeah, it was Dallow that kept them all on side because he held his run and held his run and, and Dallow was the first to drop and he he didn't he couldn't play him offside. It's a decent save in the end. Away from Casemiro, powering his way through. Origi! Away by yeah, he works so well, really quick feet through the legs there and then the strength and then to come back inside on the left foot. Dallow is quickly onto that. Rashford. No muscles. Manchester United looking for more. No penalty. Defenders are not letting him through that early other. Fernandes. It's broken to Rashford. There's just been a lack of quality and forward positions tonight from both teams. Two minutes of the 90 to go. Will there be any late drama? In from Fernandez. Yes, there will. It's Casemiro. He whips it actually low and then that someone gets on the end of it there's the little touch that's the little bit of quality they're looking for they've left it late you are listening to bet mufc here on the 
soccer gambling podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow BetMUFC on X at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. You can follow the soccer gambling podcast at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network or at Gambling Podcast. That's at Gambling Podcast. And finally, be sure to follow my other X account. That one is at LockBangX. That's at LockBangX. An important account to follow because that is where I post my free place. That is where I post my opinions, my betting opinions, my sporting opinions. And most significantly, unlike most, that is where I post my profit and loss spreadsheets. That is what keeps me transparent. It is my X account. Every single spreadsheet from my lock betting service is posted there and they accumulate to 129 months in a row of transparent and track profit. The pin tweet is always the latest month. We, at the moment, need to replace the month of January with the month of February, but February was the 129th month in a row of transparent and track profit. What that means is that we're three months away from being able to say, I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting for 11 years. The month of January is there. That was month number 128. That is the pin tweet. And that was good for £3,094. Convert that to dollars. That's just shy of $4,000. That was bolstered by 14 units from NFL Futures as uh, we have an 81% all-time futures record. And the month of February will also be bolstered by a strong NFL Supercard, which went 13-5, and capping off another incredible NFL season. We look forward to that coming back in September. But prior to that, we have the end of the soccer season. We have plenty of tennis Grand Slams to cover. We've won money in 19 of the last 20 tennis Grand Slams. And of course, we have Euro 2024 as well. So lots of reasons to sign up now. If you have any further questions, you can fire them over to me at LockBettingX. That's at LockBettingX. My DMs are open on that X account. In fact, my DMs are open on all X accounts that I uh, that I mentioned. So let's move on with this edition of BetMUFC because we are looking ahead to the Manchester derby. Uh, Manchester United, they come into this game with just one defeat in 2024. Their momentum was derailed last weekend with a loss against Fulham. It wasn't just a poor result. It was a poor performance. But um, of course, we saw Fulham continue their strong run yesterday. We took Fulham as a one-unit play over on Lock Betting. We hinted at that on um, the EPL show. When you get locks on these shows, they aren't necessarily my number one place because my number one play this weekend was actually Fulham. We also then landed a one-unit winner on Aston Villa. And we have another lock ride. We have a lock riding, a free lock riding for Monday. And we'll be closing out with another lock at the end of this show as well. But there are plenty of other one unit plays that we do give out during the week and on the weekend. And we had two winners in the EPL over at lock betting yesterday with Aston Villa and Fulham. But my point is, is that we've seen that Fulham can be a very, very decent team. And if you're not at it, or you're not able to adjust to losing certain players, and Luke Shaw and especially Hoyland have become key players, um, it can go sideways for you, which it did for Manchester United last weekend with that defeat. And now people are once again talking about regression, going backwards, no style of play. 
and forgetting everything that we did at the start of the year. And again, the midweek game was another must win. And again, Eric Ten Hag's side turned up and delivered for their manager in a backs to the walls situation. I think the amount of times that's happened does say something about the spirit. There is something there. There is some belief in the manager as well. He may have lost the dressing room as far as two, three players go, but I don't think he's lost the dressing room overall. And it was only a few weeks ago where a lot of fans were plastering up that photo of Gonacho, Hoyland and Kobe Mainu sitting on the advertising stand, celebrating a goal, and everything looked right in the world for United. Everything looked good for the future. Jim Ratcliffe came in. The youngsters had been integrated into the team by Eric Ten Hag, who was getting praised for it, and then one defeat, and it's that huge overreaction. And I get it. It's a bad defeat. We should be beating Fulham at home. And the performance was most concerning. But um, Manchester United, as I said, have been moving in the right direction. And if there was any game that was going to derail us, that everybody had circled, it was going to be this one. Not many people have us getting anything from this Manchester City game. And I'm the same. And I know that we're going to see the same headlines. I know we're going to see the same criticism. And even if Man United are semi-competitive in this game, which I don't actually expect them to be, you're still going to see the same knives coming out and being sharpened. And again, you'll find Manchester United entering into another must-win game when we host Everton at Old Trafford next weekend. So that's the constant cycle that Manchester United face. That is the constant cycle that Ten Hag faces. That is the pressure that Manchester United are in. And it won't stop after this game against Manchester City, which I think will end the defeat. It'll be a must-win game against Everton. Then the following week, we'll be desperately trying to stay in the FA Cup. We've done that against Nottingham Forest, but we have to do it again in the quarterfinal against Liverpool at Old Trafford. Obviously, not the draw that any Manchester United fan wanted. But the bright side of that is if Manchester United can win that game and if we do have to face a Liverpool team who rotate heavily once again, and we've seen Liverpool manage that situation this week by winning the Carabao Cup final, winning the game in midweek as well against Southampton and in coming through with a 99th winner against Nottingham Forest yesterday. But if Manchester United can beat one of these um, rotated Liverpool sides and qualify for the semi-final of the FA Cup, I think then that will not only be a um, backs-to-the-wall must-win result, that will be a result that we can actually talk about throughout the season. We can say, this is what we've done. We've beaten Liverpool. Last season, we had a lot of those results and this season is seriously lacking. We don't have a scalp of Manchester City and we won't have. Last season, we did. We had the scalp of Barcelona. We had the scalp of Arsenal. We had the scalp of Liverpool, Tottenham. Old Trafford was essentially a big graveyard for the top clubs. It became a fortress again. It looked like if we could carry that into this season and just improve our away form, we would be genuine title contenders. But um, that isn't the case. It has obviously been a backward season, but we cannot discount the fact that Manchester United have by far been the most unlucky team 
in the Premier League when it comes to injuries. And um, Eric Ten Hag did discuss that this week. We usually go to the press conference and the press conference would be previewing the Man City game. But instead, Eric Ten Hag sat down with Dion Dublin for the third time. We've never played any of those interviews from the BBC with Dion Dublin and Eric Ten Hag. But we are going to play this one as it does cover the young players, fixing standards, style of play at Manchester United, all the things that we discuss and speculate about here on the show. So before we do play that, let me take this quick pause to tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy. Sign up today with the promo code SGPN and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant pick and special. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and don't forget to register with my promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 as well as an instant pick and special. You must be 18 plus and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. Also, SGPN is teaming up with Underdog to give you even more of a bonus. Sign up between now and the end of the month and five winners will receive an Underdog hat, Underdog shirt and a $50 SGPN gift card. Sign up today using the promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog to enter the contest for your chance to win. That's uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash dog to enter the contest for your chance to win. Still cycling, boss? In this winter, I haven't done so, so, so much. much. Have you got? Have you got a normal bike? Here I have electric. <laughs> at, at home, I have a uh, normal one. A normal one. Yeah. yeah, you need to get from A to B here because it's a uh, bit colder. Yeah. I always, when I was biking with my wife, and she hates it. I was always twenty yards ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so then she said, oh, "Okay, I have an electric." Okay. Then she was. Okay, so she's got it fully. Yeah. Okay. Then we go eat one if we want to bike together. Boss, thank you again for your time. Now, this is the third time I'm getting a chance to speak to you. First time when you signed, then after a year. The first question I want to ask is the big picture. You said the big picture in regards to the football club and the process of, of the team is looking good, looking very good. What is the big picture for you? I think we have seen glimpses the last weeks from a very dynamic, proactive and attacking football. We have young players coming in. Uh, developing, progressing in the right direction and we are building uh, that team um, and I'm confident that we, when we add one, two players more uh, then this team can be a very strong side for the future. I know it's been mentioned before but I think he's an outstanding footballer and I have to ask the question about Kobe. In your opinion, is, it, is he ready to go in and around the England environment? It's not up to me. I think uh, the England manager, Kurt Southgate, knows very well uh, what he wants, and it's up to him. Um, only thing what I can see and what I saw is that high potential. Every time he's going to high levels, uh, every training, every game, uh, he's playing at higher levels. So, yeah, he has a high potential, uh, but it's up to him to keep the process going. And, yeah, I have to manage this. New owners, you know, so Jim's in, in the Osterin. What changes are you expecting to happen? And what, cha- what changes would you like to happen? I think especially on the performance side, uh, they, they can help us a lot uh, to, uh, to uh, building uh, a culture uh, with high standards. And uh, we are ready. But you came the to the club, boss, and you changed those standards. Yeah. Uh, you, we spoke about this. You said, I want to change the standards of the club. I want to change the culture of the club. And you've started to do that already. You know, can they enhance that? Can they make it better? 
alongside what you're doing? They can accelerate the process. Okay. And I think this club has fallen down uh, in, in the standards. But now we are back and I already have so, seen some examples where they can really support to us to set that right standard. What is the Eric Ten Hag way of playing? I think it's clear. I always want to play uh, football from the back. Uh, that's why also we signed Onana. That's why we signed Licha Martinez. And that's why we signed Casemiro. Also, I want to dictate all the time uh, where it's possible in a high block. I want to be on the front foot all the time. Goals have been hard to come by anyway, but now it's going to be even more difficult because Hoyland's uh, not, in the, not in the side, not in the squad. Are we going to struggle now because he's not there? Uh, first of all, I think... In, uh, in autumn, yeah, we, we were not even a threat, uh, but we have seen, we worked on this. And I think in January, February, our front line uh, was a threat and we scored many goals. But yeah, when he's not there, Hoyland, yeah, others have to take over. But then still, uh, we have front line players who can make the difference. And if they don't score, yeah, then it has to come out of all the areas. Uh, from the midfield, for instance, like Scott McTominay. But yeah, when we have the players available, we can work on that consistent performance. But everyone knows when you're over a longer period and uh, you're missing very key players, yeah. uh, then yeah, you have to be sometimes pragmatic. I'm not walking away from it. It's about the results. How do you deal with um, all the outside noise at the moment? The noise will be always <laughs> around uh, Manchester United when we are not winning football games. But it's about the standards we set and it's about what for us is acceptable of what isn't. And we know when performance are not right, you know, we have to, uh, to look in the mirror and to tell each other the truth and to, to get things right. Fans are getting frustrated. What would you say to them? There are always many fans away and home and they are standing behind us. But it starts with us. We have to give the energy into the stands and then it comes back. It returns, and we will grow from that. Uh, but as I said, it starts with us. So pretty standard interview, pretty standard thoughts. But then again, we get that from the press conference. It's very rare that we get something answered where we were highly speculating and Ten Hag does go into the subject matter and gives us an answer that we really find helpful. I mean, I can think of only one instance in the last month where... He was asked about, has he always had the full support of ownership when talking about Ratcliffe, Ratcliffe and co coming in? And he answered by not answering, by not simply giving a yes. He said, I don't want to talk about the past. So in, in a sense, that was the answer. No, I haven't been supported fully by the club and hopefully now I will be. So that's really the most you get. So it was um, probably a bad decision to change it up and, and go with Dublin's BBC interview this week just to hear from Ten Hag. But what can you really say about the Manchester derby? Obviously, it's a very difficult game and a game that we've been owned in as far as recent history goes. We're going to talk about that in a second. Before we do, let's take a quick pause to tell you guys about Hall of Fame bets where you can stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data, more intelligent, sorry, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Pep, um, the big criticism that's levelled at Eric Ten Hag for observers is that they don't 
understand his philosophy and the way he's asking his teams to play. Like, I'm sure, to, I understand your question. I don't talk about opponents. No, but I'm sure you'll have watched them. What, what do you see? What are you expecting from them? We'll, know my, we'll know my players. I play the. I expect the best for for United, but I don't talk one word about uh, what they do, what the opponents. Because I respect too much, and I don't want to misunderstand my words. But when I have a comments, always the people say, yeah, "Pep Jeep, Pep Jeep," and it's never is my intention. So that's why it's better than say anything. So I know them, and a lot of respect for institution, United, of course, Eric and the players. But when. What I see, what we have to do, my players will know it today and tomorrow. Speaking of your players then, Phil Foden has four goals in his last three starts against United. Erling Haaland has five in his last four starts against United. Is it just a coincidence or is there something about them being City fans, this game means more? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to happen and I would like to know if which players score goals they will play. I'm not able. I'm a good manager, but I'm not able to see the future, to read the future, to foresee the future. So I don't know. And I, one final one from me. Um, does this fixture in particular kind of highlight the, the success that you've had here? Because United were obviously the dominant force in English football for 20 years. But since you've been here, the city has been blue every single season. 18th was Liverpool, 19th was United. And now we are this many years... <laughs> winning seven Premier Leagues in the last decade, 11-12 years, so yeah, we are, but it, 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 it happened, so in uh, 50 years or 60 years, there's never ever in one country, the one clip dominate and control everything, so try to, in this organization, as much as possible, extend for many years what we are trying to do, that especially the consistency, that proof again the game against Luton. With all respect, Rob Edwards have done is doing in that team in the way they play. Going there and behave that is that proof what we have done in these many years. And that made me so proud. <laughs> so that was Pep not being dragged into a discussion about United, their tactics, criticisms of Eric Ten Hag. So if you think Ten Hag's difficult, then um you should listen to some of the stuff with Pep Guardiola because he really won't be dragged into anything unless he really has a, a point to make but uh, refused to get dragged into the style of play and comments about United talked about dominant dominating errors or well, United didn't just dominate the 90s we then dominated the early 2000s United were clearly the dominant team for over 20 years you're talking about 92 all the way to 2013 when Fergie was in charge. That's a far longer period of dominance than both Liverpool and Manchester City. And Man City will need to go another 10 years to to be in that conversation. So when we're talking about Sir Alex Ferguson and we're talking about errors and we're comparing the best Premier League managers and we're bringing Klopp into the conversation and we're talking about Pep Guardiola, you cannot compare still to Sir Alex Ferguson. He's out there clear of uh, Guardiola, clear of Klopp and clear of Arsene Wenger and whoever else you want to throw into the debate. There is no debate as far as I'm concerned. Let's move on to uh, us covering the Manchester derby where, of course, Man United travel to Man City as significant underdogs, which makes sense if you look at the standings in the league table, which makes sense when you look at recent history 
And it makes sense when you also look at the personnel on the pitch and the history of the fixture as well recently. Man City come here as the 2 to 7 minus 350 favourites. It's 11 to 2 on the draw. And Manchester United here are a 9 to 1 away underdog. Never ever would Alex Ferguson have imagined that Man United will travel to Man City as a 9 to 1 plus 900 underdog. But unfortunately, that is the situation coming into this game. And looking at it from a betting perspective, I cannot make any case for why that selection would be incorrect. I only see one winner in this game. I see the result putting Manchester United back into a must-win situation next weekend at home to Everton, which is what I was already talking about. And then the following weekend, it will be the same. Back-to-back must-win games at Old Trafford because we'll want to stay in the FA Cup because it's the only trophy that we can win. If Manchester United can get to another FA Cup final, especially if they can win it, that should be enough to keep Eric Ten Hag in his job, especially if Manchester United qualify for Europe. Obviously, with uh, Aston Villa and Tottenham both winning yesterday, both winning at the um, at the death, essentially, Tottenham were 1-0 down and, and produced a late comeback. Romero's uh, 2-1 goal that put them 2-1 up was nine minutes from time. And Aston Villa, they were ahead. They were 2-0 up and they were pegged back to 2-2 and needed an 89th minute winner from Luca Digne. So we got no help from Palace. We got no help from Luton and the gap is about to widen with this defeat at the hands of Manchester City. This is probably going to be the weekend where Man United move out of the Champions League conversation. Whether it be fifth, whether it be fourth, Manchester United are going to lose this game against Manchester City today and they are going to remain 11 points behind Aston Villa and they are going to remain six points behind Tottenham and Tottenham will have a game in hand. For me, that is too big a mountain to climb. It seems like a lifetime ago where we were talking about catching Villa and beating Villa and being within five points of Villa. Since then, Villa have won two games in a row and Manchester United are about to lose two games in a row. But how do we bet this? Because it's not revolutionary to say Man United are going to lose away to Manchester City because the money line selection is available at minus 350. I think for me, I'm happy to take Manchester City to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap line in this game. Not only am I going to take it as the selection, I'm going to give it to you guys here as the lock on the show. I don't think Man United can stay within one goal of Man City. We haven't done recently. Man City came to Old Trafford and won very, very comfortably earlier on in the year. And that was a game where we were playing straight after the death of Bobby Charlton. And that couldn't really bring us up as far as our levels go. And uh, Manchester United were beaten convincingly and handily by Manchester City in that game. I see nothing different here. I see heavy criticism of Man United off the back of the result. But unfortunately, as I said, that's what we've been dealing with all season. United's top flight campaign, their top four campaign, sorry, won't be determined by results. Travelling to the likes of uh, Man City and Liverpool. We were competitive, though, against both Liverpool and Arsenal. But Manchester City, this is a game we just don't perform in. Uh, We lost away to Arsenal by one goal. It was a game that we should have won. Alejandro, uh, sorry, we lost there by two goals. But it was a game that we should have won. 
uh, which is crazy to say when we lost 3-1. But Alejandro Ganacho's goal was disallowed with two minutes to go. Had United scored that, I think we would have held on to win and that could have turned around a whole season. As for Liverpool, we went for a unique strategy of parking the bus and uh, we rode our luck, but it did work. I think that Man United may be using that as a tactical blueprint to coming here to City and that won't work because if City can be more clinical than um, than Liverpool were, suddenly those tactics go out the window and clinical is, has been what Manchester City have been against United when we look at recent history. City come into this one having won by two clear goals in 11 of their 18 victories so far this season. And obviously we're looking at a two goal margin to cash the minus 1.5 Asian handicap selection here on this show. City come into this one on fire. Their recent history makes them even more scary. They have 14 wins in 15. They've covered the minus 1.5 Asian handicap on 10 occasions during that run including covering a minus three and a half goal handicap against Luton in midweek. Against Man United, Manchester City have scored 18 times in the last six clashes with United. That's an average of three goals per game. And they scored three goals en route to a 3-1, a 3-0 victory at Old Trafford earlier on this season. United, they've lost by two clear goals in 60% of their league defeats this season, including three of their five losses away from home. I see Manchester City doing it again. This is obviously going to be another step backwards for Man United, but I'm ready for that. I'm ready for the back-to-back must-win scenarios that we'll have at Old Trafford in the coming weeks, at home to Everton and at home to Liverpool. And I'm praying that Manchester United turn up and deliver in those spots But unfortunately, this is going to be the game and the result that ends our Champions League hopes for the season as Manchester City win and win convincingly. And my lock here for the show is for Manchester City to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap line. And we take that at the price of 9 to 10. So that returns £190, a £90 profit from a £100 stake. And that is your lock on this edition of BetMUFC. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.